the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I'm going to share some things this weekend that really are centering around the word housekeeping. So we're going to learn something this weekend about how to keep house spiritually. It's extremely important that if you're going to have a good house, you have to, have, you have to be a good housekeeper. You can't have a good house long term without being a good housekeeper. So there are two things I want to talk to you about for just a few moments this weekend that will help us to do that. Number one, we must understand that there's an enemy that seeks to invade your house. There's an enemy that is trying to get into your house and mess with your house and mess up your house. And as surely as the Lord wants to build and bless your house, the devil wants to destroy it. It's very clear in Scripture that there's an invisible, dark presence that is determined to destroy your house. As much as God wants to build it, the devil wants to destroy it because Satan is a destroyer. And everything that Satan gains access to or everything that Satan gains influence over, he always tears apart. Satan never builds. Satan always tears apart. Satan never constructs, he always deconstructs, he always destroys. And this destruction can come in many different degrees, in many different ways, but he's always a destroyer. Let me give you some verses that will remind you of this important truth. John 10 verse 10 says, the thief, that's the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it to the full. So the devil is described here as a thief, as a murderer, and as a destroyer. Go down with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to, what's that next word there? To devour. The Greek word for devour there means to swallow up. It means to overwhelm or to drown as though you were drowning in water. So the devil wants to drown your life, swallow you up, devour you in some way. And then in Revelation chapter 9 verse 11, the scripture refers to Satan in these terms. Their king is the angel from the bottomless pit. His name is in Greek Apollyon or the destroyer. He's known as the destroyer. Now Jesus was very clear about the devil's agenda. In Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to take you to verse 43 in just a moment, but before I do, let me set a little bit of the context of Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, Jesus is talking quite a bit about his second coming. And in the context of talking about his second coming, he inserts a very important principle that I'm extrapolating tonight for the application to our lives when it comes to house, without doing any violation, I believe, to the teaching of Jesus at all. And this, this principle is found in verse 43 of Matthew 24. Jesus' words here, but understand this, if the owner of the house, so he's now talking about the house, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be 
broken into. Now, of course, Jesus is talking about the fact that he's going to come as a thief in the night, that Jesus, when he comes back again, we need to be on watch for him. But let's flip this around to the application of the adversary as well, just as surely as we need to be watching for Jesus to come back again and to welcome his presence and to be prepared for his coming. We need to be on watch against the adversary trying to find his way into our house as well. Amen? It's not just a matter of watching for Jesus. It's also a matter of watching out against the adversary. Because just like Jesus is coming, there's an enemy that wants to sneak in. And notice the Bible says that he wants to break into that house. Actually, that word there or that phrase, break into or broken into, is a phrase that, that implies the digging away at. And that's the way the devil works in your life. He doesn't show up in a red suit with a pitchfork and say, hey, I'm the devil. I'm here to destroy your life. I'm here to destroy your family. No, little by little, he tries to gain access and dig away at the house that you have, whether it's your life or your family or the work that you do or the work that you do for God. There's this digging at and digging away surreptitiously so that finally he can make a break in and a stealing of something away from you. So your house is consistently being cased and attacked by the adversary. To build a strong house, you and I need to become discerning. You need to recognize when the devil's digging around your house. You've got to recognize this stuff. You and I have to become skilled at recognizing when the devil is digging around at our house. I'm going to give you some clues that can give you some indication when the devil is trying to dig around at your house. Anytime that there is continual strife in your home, who is at the core of strife, division, and contention? Satan. Satan is the divider, see? God is the unifier. Satan is the divider. And so if there's an atmosphere of strife in your family, that means that the adversary has found a way to kind of stir that stuff up and keep it stirred up. And that's not to say that there are not times in all of our interactions and relationships that we have strife and contention just because we're different people trying to get along with one another. But I'm talking about this evil, malicious atmosphere of contention and strife and and contempt that oftentimes uh, really characterizes our homes, our lives, our families. I'll tell you a second way that you can recognize the enemy. When he shows up in your life, he always traffics in despair and discouragement. He never, the devil never encourages you. The devil always discourages you. Persistent bad attitudes in your life is an indication of something going on spiritually. And I will tell you something else. The persistent draining of your resources can be an indication that the adversary is trying to dig away at your life. When you see these kind of things, it gives you indication of them. And so you can't keep house until you know what needs to be kept. You've got to be able to recognize where the dirt is. You'll never clean up dirt if you don't realize where the dirt is. And so it all starts with understanding that there's an enemy that's trying to invade, dig away, and create dirt in your house, your life, your family, your work, and your ministry. The second thing that we want to talk about this weekend is that enforcement and eviction are essential parts of spiritual housekeeping. To keep a house... A spiritual house, you have to do what I'm going to call regular enforcement and eviction of the enemy's encroachment. You have to do regular housekeeping. When the enemy has cut away and dug away at your house, and he's always trying to do this, he's always trying to get in in some way. He gets in in little ways, he gets in in big ways. But when the devil gets into your house and you recognize it, what should you do? What should be your next response? Not, well, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. 
No, there needs to be something that rises up in you and me that says, we're not going to allow this trafficking of the adversary in this house because this house is God's house. I've decided that this house, my house, is going to be God's house. And so there's some eviction that's going to happen. I'm going to drive and enforce the victory of Jesus Christ against the adversary. We're going to drive some stuff out of our house. And so there's a point that you have to rise up and say, I'm not going to let this happen in my house. And so you need to retake the territory, okay? That whatever territory that you've given to the adversary or that he's dug away at in your life, in your house, you need to retake it. And the good news is that in Jesus Christ, you can retake the territory. Five things that are necessary. You will never drive the spiritual mice, the spiritual encroachments from your life without doing these five things. Number one is the word repent. Repentance, that's all positive change in your life, always starts with repentance. You have to repent. What is repent? To repent means this. It means that I recognize that I'm going or have gone or have allowed something to go in the wrong direction. And so I'm going to actually, I'm going this way, but I'm going to repent. That means I'm going to do a 180. I'm going to turn and now go in God's direction. And that's the primary first thing that turns everything around. Notice this. When you repent, you always prepare the way for God. When you say, I don't want to live this way anymore, I'm turning toward God, turning away from this this way of life toward God. Anytime you repent, you prepare your life for God. God shows up in the lives of people who repent. Now, by the way, repentance is not a big emotional thing. It can be emotional, but repentance is not about shedding a bunch of tears. I've seen people cry about things that you thought they felt sorry for, but then turn around and go do exactly the same thing again. Real repentance is about a change. It's a change of your thinking that leads to a change in your behavior that leads to a welcoming of God into your circumstance. Notice what the scripture says in Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Do you see that repentance leads to refreshing? The second word to write down is the word rebuke. To rebuke means that you actually serve notice. The word rebuke uh, literally means to turn back, to keep down, or to check. And what you and I have to do is we have to, if we're going to set a protective boundary in our house and do good housekeeping, is we have to take a stand against the darkness that has infiltrated our house and ask Jesus to take over and rebuke those works of darkness. And every time Jesus rebukes something, change happens. Study the the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every time that Jesus rebuked a demon, what happened? The demon fled. There's not a single case that you'll see Jesus confronting a demon where the demon remained. When Jesus comes on the scene in your house, what he wants to do, if you'll stand with him in authority, is that Jesus wants to expel and evict every dark presence from your house. Notice Matthew 17, verse 18. Jesus rebuked the demon. So what did Jesus do? His action was rebuking. Jesus rebuked the demon, and what happened? What I want you to see there is that when Jesus spoke the word of rebuke, 
there was a deliverance that happened, things changed for the better. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. He, Jesus, got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. So here's Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. There's a storm that comes up. Jesus realizes there's darkness behind the storm. He rebukes the wind and the waves. He speaks against them. He checks them. He calls them into account, calls them to change. And then there's this moment where what had been a storm turns into a calm. So a rebuke of Jesus in against the adversary in your house will always make a difference. But it starts with repentance. Jesus is not going to rebuke something that you're still comfortable living in. The only power that comes against the forces of darkness is the authority of Jesus. But the good news is you can stand in that authority because you are one of Jesus' followers. You belong to him. And because of that, you get to stand in the authority of Christ that he won for you in victory at Calvary and in his resurrection. So you stand in rebuke, okay? So repentance, and then the second word was rebuke. The third word is the word resist. Resistance is an ongoing activity. To resist is to set yourself to fight against something. That's the whole idea of resistance. Resistance says, okay, I'm going to be in a mode of standing against so that I can prevent any further activity of this particular enemy. Now, notice the sequence here. Where does it start? What was the first word I gave you? Repentance. Why? Because if I don't turn from things, if I'm going against God's will and God's ways, if I don't turn toward God, I'm not in a position to receive the refreshing of God and the power of God. But when I do, I'm preparing myself for God to show up on the scene. And then now I stand with Jesus in a rebuke against anything I've allowed into my life. And then now once I'm driving this thing out in the powerful name of Jesus, then there's this moment that I say, now living going forward, I'm going to live in an atmosphere of resistance. Because I'll tell you something about the adversary. Don't think that if you just chase him out one time, don't think he'll never try to come back again. And so you have to develop a position of resistance against darkness so that you're praying protection. You're praying against the infiltration of the adversary. Notice what the scripture says about this. James chapter 4, verse 7. Why don't we read this one together loud and loudly. Here we go. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Circle the word resist. Resist the devil. That word, I've talked about this word before. I want to bring it back to your attention again today. That word resist is where we actually get our English word antihistamine. This is the Greek word for antihistamine. And I don't know all the medical aspects of histamines, but what I do know is that an antihistamine works in some way against the histamines of allergies, the things that we respond to in our body and provide some kind of coating upon those receptors so that what the histamines would cause to be an allergic reaction, there's an anti, there's a resistance to that so that you're not sniffling and you're not coughing, your eyes are not swelling up. Well, that's the antihistamine effect. So there's a resistance against the histamine, if you will. Now, Jesus, or James used this word about resisting the adversary, that we take a stand that prevents the continual infiltration of darkness. So that we are actually saying we're living a resistance life. We're recognizing the trafficking of darkness. We're saying we're not going to allow it here any longer. Notice Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So there again you see that strength of standing strong in God. Number four, the fourth word I want to give you is reinforce. 
So let's walk walk through them again. So spiritual housekeeping involves, first of all, what's the word? Repentance. Number two is rebuke. Number three is resist. Number four is reinforce. What does it mean to reinforce? If you're in battle, you need reinforcements, don't you? If you try to fight a battle that's, that's an aggressive battle for too long by yourself, you're in trouble. And so you need to be strengthened and you need reinforcements. To reinforce is to strengthen primarily with adding resources. It's the idea. Adding strength, adding resources. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, truly I tell you, these are the words of Jesus, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Notice this, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done by my, for them by my Father in heaven. What I want you to see in that verse, among other things, you I want you to see the principle of reinforcement. I want to share two things with you about reinforcement. When you, to, to reinforce your life is to make it stronger. Okay, And that's why if you're going to keep spiritual house long term if your house is going to be God's house long term you need to be reinforced okay because you can't do this in in a, in a position of weakness and reinforcement really means first of all that you're growing stronger yourself that's why your spiritual growth is so very important that's why it's important that you are studying God's word that's why it's so valuable that you're in God's house as you are this weekend so valuable when you get into a life group or get into a life studies course and you're learning God's word and how to apply it in your life. Anytime you get stronger in your life, then you, that strength gives you capacity to withstand greater attacks of the adversary. So you're stronger in your spiritual journey. But reinforcement also involves connection with other people. You know what? It's always better to fight with a buddy. Amen. It's always better to fight when you've got some friends around you, to fight with people that are fighting with you in the same perspective. And that's why church life is so important. That's why having a prayer partner in your life is so important. That's why learning to pray not just alone, but praying with other people provides that additional reinforcement. That's why, uh, for example, in your family, husbands and wives, let me encourage you, pray together. And I know there's some situations that just because of the spiritual condition of one of the spouses, that's not possible. But let me encourage you as a Christian husband and wife to learn how to pray together. That's so powerful. It's hard to do. It's hard to get into that sequence of doing. But once you get, once you learn to pray together, it's very powerful in standing against the adversary. So it's the reinforcement that occurs. And I'll give you one last word. Let's review them again together. The first one is to, so we've got to repent from repentance. What do we do? We rebuke, okay? We're serving notice, right? In Jesus' name, that now whatever's encroached in this, in this house is not, is not welcome here any longer. That's rebuke, okay? Number three is? Resist. resist. Now that we are driving out, we're going to create a, an atmosphere, a format of resistance. We're going to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Take a stand of resistance. We're going to be an antihistamine Christian, right? Okay. Then fourthly, we're going we're gonna to reinforce. So where do I need to grow, Okay. What truth do I need in my life where I'm weak right now? Who do I need to get around me so that I can have some reinforcements? I'm not a lone ranger Christian, but I'm living my life in community with other people because I need other people in my world to help me to be strong. And then the fifth word is the word rest. This is important, rest, okay? If you've repented and if you've rebuked and if you have resisted, if you are reinforcing, then what else can you do? You can rest. What I mean by that is this. You can know 
that as you take this stand, that there is no power of darkness that has the capacity to conquer the power of Jesus in your life, okay? That there's a rest, a confidence, an assurance that God's got your back, that God's got you covered, that God is there shielding and protecting you. You can rest in that reality. A lot of people get really, I think we have a lot of different dangers when it comes to talking about spiritual warfare and the invisible world of darkness and light and those kind of things. And I think there are some examples, some extremes that we can go to. Some people just deny that he even is a devil, that he doesn't, it doesn't you know, they never think about it as though that there's some kind of war. Other people, I mean, they see demons everywhere, okay? I mean, everything's a demon, okay? So every problem is a demon. Let me tell you, that's not the way it works. The devil is real, and there are demons, okay? You got, are you with me here? There are dark forces that exist in our world, okay? But not every problem is one, okay? Maybe every other problem might be, but not every problem, okay? So you've got to balance this out so you don't become weird. Right? We have a lot of weird Christians out there, really, really weird. As they talk, like, oh, I see a demon in you. Yeah, really? Yeah. Maybe it's just my glasses. I don't know. What is it, okay? But so, so people can get really, really weirded out by this stuff. And it's not meant to ever be weird, okay? We're not trying to create weird Christians, okay? That, that's the other church, okay? That's not this church, okay? We want you to be solid and understanding of spiritual battle, but we don't want you to be weird. We don't want you walking around fearing the devil, okay? Because you don't have to fear the devil if you're walking in Jesus, okay? You don't, okay? You have, to, you have to be wise, okay? You have to be vigilant. You have to be aware that he has strategies, but you shouldn't live in fear. Jesus wants you to live in rest, amen? Rest, rest. Because I'll give you a little example of this. Even going back to the time when Lucifer was in heaven with, with God and he rebelled against God, and that's how Lucifer ends up becoming Satan. He's cast out of heaven. Theologically, he's cast out of heaven. And the Bible says that one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven with him, right? Okay, many of you know that, that biblical principle and truth. But let me ask you the question. If one-third of the angels, and they became demon spirits, okay, on the earth, if one-third of the angels were cast out, how many thirds were left? Two, okay? So for every demon, there are at least two angels, okay? Isn't that great to know, okay? I'm telling you, there's, there are more than two angels for every demon, all right? So you've got to understand that we're on the winning side here, amen, okay? We're on the winning side. And so if you'll do these, if you will repent, that's when you find that you're going the wrong way. And by the way, all of us go the wrong way sometimes, right? Okay, anybody human here today? Okay, we're all going the wrong way at times. So okay, just wake up and say, oh, I'm going the wrong way. Whoa, I need to repent. Let's go the right way. That's all it is, okay? Just turn it around and say, let's get back on the right track here. That's all repentance is. Now that I've repented, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to take a stand. And, you know, those spiritual mice that I've allowed in when I was going the wrong way, I'm going to take a stand in Jesus. We're resisting, the, we're re- rebuking these things, serving notice on them. And now as we're driving these forces out of our lives, we're now going to take a stand of resistance. We're going to reinforce our lives so that we're stronger. We're getting the right people around us. Now we're just going to rest in Jesus. Resting. Take a look, if you will, with me at Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. This is the last verse for our message this weekend. Talks about what Jesus did. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. Read the rest with me. Triumphing over them 
by the cross. It is speaking of the forces of darkness. And the Bible says that through the cross and through the resurrection, Jesus disarmed the powers and the authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. He is not going to triumph. He has already triumphed over them by the cross. And when we're in him, we are also victors. We are also triumphant because of Jesus' victory. Amen? So what I want to encourage you to do this weekend is I want you to go home and do some housekeeping, right? You ready for that? Okay. For some of you, it might actually be physical, okay? <laughs> okay, like, Go through your closets. Some of you got clothes from 10 years ago you need to get rid of, okay? You know, you got stuff that's been around. You know, get rid of it. Sometimes it's just good. That's a, sometimes the actual physical thing helps you spiritually, right? Just to go through that old stuff and clean it out. Just do some good cleaning, in your, in your house, get rid of some stuff. And as you're doing it, as you're throwing that old stuff out, throw the old devils out too in Jesus' name. Amen, okay? So you know what? I, I've been going the wrong way for a while and these attitudes and these thoughts, but you know what? I'm turning toward God now. I, God's got my attention. I'm turning toward Him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna evict these things that have been around my, my, my family, my house for a while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna resist going forward. God's gonna help me to be reinforced by growing in Him and getting the right people in my life, then I'm just going to rest in the fact that God has got his hand on my house. Amen. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make him the Lord of your life to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. And it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.